Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. All right, verse 5. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, <clears throat> out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings. Lightnings and thunderings represent where, uh, through, uh, our, throughout the Bible, speaks of God's judgment or speaks of God's uh, uh, presence uh, to bring judgment. And uh, so, uh, here, out of the throne proceedeth lightnings and thunderings and voices. The voice of a multitude. We'll read, we'll, we'll see that. And, and in uh, uh, Ezekiel, God's voice is likened to a multitude of waters, you know, the sound of uh, a water. Right. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, and then they are described, they are told, we're, known, we're told what they are, which are the seven spirits of God. Now, the seven spirits of God, we, uh, we had that in chapter 1. Uh, which apparently represents the Holy Spirit in his fullness in, uh, with all, with the seven churches, don't you see? Uh, but now, then in verse 6, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four living creatures. That's the word you want to substitute for beast. Living ones. Full of eyes before and behind. The first living creature was like a lion. And the second living creature like a calf. And the third living creature had a face as a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, and is, and is to come. Who are they? And this, uh, the identity of these beings are subject to the same debate and disagreement as everything else, according to the one of the four views as, as adopted uh, with reference to the millennium. But this one, uh, they, uh, the four living creatures uh, don't present as great a problem to them as the 
24 uh, elders. But why uh, the, uh, the uh, these four living creatures are in heaven, they've always been in heaven, and not something that came up from the sea or the, or, or the coast, but they, repar- they are just as the 24 elders, they're angelic beings, they're some sort of heavenly beings, whether they're cherubim or whether they're angels. They're not representing angels, they either are angels or they are heavenly beings of some uh, that qualify and come under the term in 1 Kings 22, the and all the host of them. See, this is part of that host. Now, who they are in particular uh, and why uh, he, he spe- specializes these four. The only thing that we uh, that you can determine by the study of the book of Revelation is that they are closer to the throne of God than the 24 elders. They're, the 24 elders around, uh, their thrones are seen as round about the throne. And then between them and the throne of God are these four living creatures. What do they do? They serve God. What do they do? They worship God. They lead the whole creation in worshiping God. They're ministering spirits. And, uh, all right. Now, but they're seen. Why seem so, uh, with the, they've got eyes, full of eyes. Uh, Outside and inside, before and behind. But he had now. If you'll notice, verse eight. Now this line uh, had six wings. All right. The line, uh, of course, to us uh, would represent that uh, he's the king uh, of the forest. You know, of the animal creation. All right, he, having six wings, anything with that many wings certainly could fly fast, couldn't he? It represents speed. If an eagle can take two wings and soar, and uh, other other fowls, why, if if something had six, why, uh, he he could wherever he was needed, he was there. Now these creatures don't come down on the earth; they minister, they serve God. They're the host. About God. Alright? The fourth, uh, the second, uh, uh, creature was like a calf or an ox. And the, and it also had, uh, six wings. See, they all, all the four had each of them six wings and about him and they were full of eyes within and without. They rest not day and night. And they say, Holy, 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 holy. God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. Uh, they are used of God to announce the fact that uh, Christ was, is, and is coming again. See? And when those living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, 
that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. Now notice, uh, these four creatures are giving thanks to God. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And here is the reason why they were worshiping, the basis. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Yes, that's uh, the twenty-four elders, uh, and the both of them. Yeah, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders, which are both groups now are heavenly beings. There is no. There's no necessity. Why is it necessary unless I had a scheme, if I wanted to teach something, unless I had a theory to uphold, why would I want to say these four creatures represented a certain aspect in life or or what, see? They are uh, servants. They rest not day nor night. They uh, praise God. They worship God. And uh, uh, they are announcing the fact that uh, that uh, Jesus was, is, and is to come. Then, uh, now we'll stop whenever you get, uh, we want to finish, nearly seven. Chapter five. And I saw, uh, you see, in, ver- in chapter 4, verse 1, John says, After this I looked, behold, a door was already open. It was standing open in heaven. Not for him to look into from the earth, but that he could would be caught up and go into heaven itself in vision. And he's still in that spirit, still in the spirit. He's just telling us about something else now. He's told us about the throne of God. And he's told us about uh, the person, uh, that there was someone on the throne. And then he tell, uh, he's told us about 24 elders and four living creatures. Now then, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. Chapter 5 of Revelation, as far as interpreting the book, is the most important chapter in the book. And the study of this book, whatever you, whatever one's conclusions are concerning this uh, seven-sealed book will determine 
the course of interpretation, the method uh, of, of his interpretation, and it will determine his conclusion. But the book was in God's or own, it was laying on God's hand. Now, uh, you don't want to think of a book like this book, but it was a scroll rolled up, you know. And after it was rolled up in a big roll on a, on a stick, why, at the outer edges there were seven seals on that uh, scroll. And uh, the, the book, the scroll was taken by Jesus. And we'll, we'll, we'll get that in a minute. But then the seals were unloosed. The book's not open. He can't unroll that book until that seventh seal is off of it. Because, see, it's got the seven, seven seals on it. So, whatever is said in, uh, in chapter 5 and 6 and on, Whatever is said prior to the breaking of that seventh seal, you do not have the contents of this book revealed. He won't know what's in the book when it's sealed. Well, how is anybody going to know what's in the book? Whatever you're going to say the book contains, you're not going to know what's in the book. The book's not going to have anything to do uh, with uh, the content of it is not going to uh, uh, be what is described in the seal. Now, as he takes the seal off, he sees something. See? In other words, the seals mean something as well as the book. Uh, so, well, let's read a, a little and then we'll come back to that. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. All right, people get awful disturbed over who this strong angel is. What difference does it make who the hey, what his name is? Might have been Gabriel, I don't know. Might have been Michael, might have been uh, Raphael or uh, Ruel or whatever it might be. It is uh, Jones, one of the Jones boys. Uh, Jones angel. He was a strong angel. Servant of God. Ministering. He likewise is a member of that host of heaven. And you don't have to make him uh, uh, some uh, relic or some departed saint that's been uh, uh, canonized or, uh, or crystallized. He just, all he is is, is, a, is an angel of God. He's a ministering spirit. Right? And then the book mentions him several times. Uh, but he, I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no one, not man, because there's no man in heaven, no one, and that's the uh, reason, one reason why you need to study, uh, get the uh, revised Version or uh, corrected uh, that word. Man, there is no one. Yeah. In other words, that's uh, you see, it's in italics. Uh, 
It's not a man. It's no one in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Now, if you say it's a no man, well, then that wouldn't that would uh, say, well, an angel might be in heaven that might could open that book. See, but there's no one, no angel, not even a strong angel. Not even either one of the four living beasts, living creatures, see? They weren't able to open this book. The 24 elders, none of them were able to open the book. No one in heaven was able to open the book. This angel cried, who's able to open the book? And then uh, he, uh, then he writes, uh, no one in heaven nor in earth Neither under the earth. Alright? Now, they could have man under the earth. See? But this is no uh, one, no person, no creature, no living being. In heaven, on the earth, or under this earth. And men don't live under the earth. But there's creatures live in the earth, see? Not even them could chew it on. Could open the book. And I wept much. Looked like a man had made it to heaven, he'd quit weeping, quit crying. John was up there. He was uh, in heaven, in spirit. See? Seeing the throne of God. Seeing this rainbow. And now then he starts crying. And you talk about no tears in heaven? And, uh, uh, this, uh, John is crying. Of course, his tears uh, are, are on earth, but where he, where he sheds them. But anyway, uh, I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and to read the book. Now, he put another qualification, characteristic about this book. No one was able to open it, nor read it. See? Neither to look their own. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, now, it doesn't tell us here. Now, if you're going to be a dispensationalist there, you wouldn't know whether that's one of the men that had been raised from the dead or changed in a moment point from now, see? But, uh, but this is a heavenly being. See, this is one of the creatures that heaven was his. He's been there all these years, ever since God created him. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now, who's the line of the tribe of Judah? Who's the root of David? Why can he open the book? Whoever he is, why can he open the book? He has prevailed to open the book. He's 
accomplish something. He's worthy because of what he has done. What has he done? Verse 6. And I beheld, and I lo, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, as though it was just wounded, just killed, just slaughtered. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God set forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. All right, he's been described as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, that's the way the Jews expected their Messiah to come, as a Lion. He, the Jews expected a warrior. The Jews expected a conqueror. The Jews expected one that would uh, put down their enemies, destroy them, and they would reign and rule. And have their kingdom upon the earth. They, theirs was a, that was their expectation of the Messiah. No Jew ever interpreted Isaiah 53 to refer to Jesus. That's why the eunuch, you know, well, who is he speaking about? When he, when Philip quoted, was reading from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Is he speaking of himself or, or some other man? Their Messiah was the Son of Man. He was the one that was going to conquer. He was the one that was going to rule. The Jews never did see the sufferings of, of the Messiah. Now, there was a suffering servant. But to the Jews, the suffering servant wasn't the same as the Son of Man. That was to rule and to reign. And they, they didn't, they didn't see that. And here, uh, he's described, this person is described as the root of David. Now, uh, that's where you get, uh, uh, the, this, uh, and this person is the Lord Jesus. We'll prove that later. Uh, but, uh, the, when he refers to him as the root of David, you're connecting him to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. See? Uh, he hath no form nor comeliness. See? And as a root out of dry ground, you know, hath no form nor comeliness. When we see him, we that beauty, no beauty there that we should desire him. And then it goes on. All right, now, that, uh, he's a branch. See, the root. He's a stem. See, that's used of him. Of the prophecies concerning Jesus. Alright? That connects this person that's able to open this book. He's connected with the, 
the hopes and aspirations of the Jews, the line of the tribe of Judah. See? When he is also seen as a lamb slain, he's connected with Isaiah 53 and the Christian era, the gospel age, our age, the age since Matthew 2 and Luke 2, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, beginning of the gospel of the Son of God. And you see that connection. Uh, you see that there's uh, the dispensationalist tells us that they are there are two peoples of God, the Jew and the, what they call the church. You see, and they say the the Bible never mixes the two. See, the destiny of one is heavenly. The destiny of the other. Uh, it, that's the reason why they haven't got. That's the reason why they eliminate the Jews of the Old Testament period. They won't even let them be resurrected and be a number of this. 24 elders, see, that they assume to be. Uh, so uh, then there's many other uh, characteristics of them. But now then, he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb having every one of them hearts and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Now you see the, the, uh, the uh, beings, 24 elders, heavenly beings, they have bowls. It doesn't say they have bowls in their hands, but... Uh, of course, they are represented here as heavenly beings, but uh, usually that's what we think of. We think of when they say they have hearts, well, where they got the hearts? Think of in their hands. Well, he's already depicted God as having a right hand, and the, the book, the scroll, is lying on top of his hand. See? All right? The 24, uh, the 24 elders... And the four living creatures have hearts and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And that tells you what they are. How long, O Lord, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. What do they call it? What are they praying for? His kingdom come to come. What is this book going to show us? From here on out, this book is going to show you how God's kingdom is going to come. It's going to show you about the coming of the king, coming of the kingdom. It's going to show you before the kingdom can come, it's going to show you that Satan, sin, and evil is going to be put under the feet of the Lord Jesus. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Then we're going to see something of the kingdom. I don't know possibly that's what the prayers are. Maybe every prayer that's ever been uttered. But uh, you're going to find that the prayers in Revelation 
that they are looking forward to the day when God is going to come. Christ is going to come back to death. When will their enemies be avenged? In other words, when are we going to injure, when is it going to occur that the meat shall inherit the earth? What Jesus said when he was here did, the meat shall inherit the earth. Not the sea, not the skies, not the earth. That's where we live. That's this ball. And I believe that the day will come. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When? When he comes. Because no man has ever seen God depart. Why? Paul tells us. First Timothy six sixteen. He's clothed himself with life. No man can approach unto. Moses could only see a theophany of God. Only as God permits it. And yet when Christ came, when the lion came, when the tribe, when the root of David came. The scripture says that God, who in time past he had spoken, had revealed himself, made himself known to prophets in olden times, hath in these last days spoken, revealed himself unto us in his son. When you speak, you speak to let somebody know something. You tell them something. You are, you, uh, uh, you converse with someone. And God has spoken. And then he goes on and tells you about, uh, in, in Hebrews, the first chapter there, first three verses, tells you about the brightness of his glory and the efficacy of his person, the outshining, the brightness. Okay? But now then, he says he's been made known in Christ. And then the very next thing, after describing and holding, upholding all things, uh, they, cre- they created all things and uphold them by his hand. You see, that's what these angels, that's what these elders, that's what these beings, they fell down and worshiped God because he had created all things. And they were, all things were created for God's glory. That's what they were saying. And they're saying, now then, he was, he is, and he's coming. And now, uh, they fall down, have, uh, Having these prayers uh, in the bowls, the vial is a bowl. Anytime you read the word vial in here, it means a bowl, something like a cup. It's a shallow bowl, small uh, bowl uh, image. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.